today's gospel, we are urged to remain detached from the created order. No money bag, no sack, no sandals. Within the church, we will always need some of the baptized to follow this gospel as close as possible. This is normally accomplished in religious life. There was a lot of drama when St. Francis wanted to start his group, which is now called the Franciscans. St. Francis composed the rule of life out of verses of scripture, just like these we hear today. When Francis went to Rome for permission for his rule, many of the Pope's advisors thought that the rule of life was dangerous and impractical, even though the rule was based in Scripture. After a dream where Francis was holding up the church, the Lateran Basilica, the Pope finally decided to approve the rule. I mention this anecdote to illustrate just how hard it is to follow the gospel. Francis tried to follow the gospel, and he was discouraged by other Christians. Although we may not be in a position to travel around preaching the gospel with nothing more than our clothing, we are nevertheless called and obligated to follow the gospel in the ways that we can. So how can Christians who are part way in the world called to live out this gospel? The principle of the, this passage is to remain free from the influence of material possessions so as to fulfill the demands of evangelization. By our baptism, each of us receives a mission to evangelize. And Jesus is telling us in this gospel that material possessions tend to be anchors that prevent us from fulfilling this obligation of evangelization. For us to follow the gospel, we have to be free from the influence of material possessions in such a way that we are also free to evangelize. Jesus embodied and lived out this principle while he was with his father Joseph. They both would have used all of the possessions necessary for carpentry. But once Jesus began his ministry, he left behind every possession except the clothes on his back. And Jesus would not have asked his disciples to do something he himself was not doing. And then he worked relentlessly on his mission of evangelization for three years. 
So how do we treat our possessions as Jesus would have? First, we are not obligated to renounce all of our possessions, although to do so would be to live just like Jesus. The Catholic Church has a strong history of defending private property. But Catholics ought to treat their possessions differently than the rest of the world. While Catholics take care of the necessities of living, whoever does not work should not eat. They take care of the necessities of living from their own property. Now it is what we do with the excess wealth that sets us apart. For Catholics, the possessions that exceed the necessities of living are not spent on luxuries. When we do so, we not only act in vanity and pride, but we rob the poor. When we have excess money, when we when we have excess money beyond our needs, this is a gift from God so that we can take care of the poor. When we do take care of the poor from this excess wealth, we are giving to the poor their own belongings since God has given us this wealth so that we may take care of the poor and the vulnerable. This is why Chrysostom was able to conclude in his homilies that, that it is that whenever we spend money on vanities, that we are not just living out of caprice, but we are robbing the poor. This brings us to the topic of the civil celebration that we all partake of on Monday. On July 4th, we commemorate the ratification of the Declaration of Independence. From the beginning, Catholicism has always had a complicated relationship with the state. Back, way back when Catholicism first started, the Roman Emperor was often at odds with Christians, since those Christians would not recognize the emperor as a divinity, as a god. And also Christians would not offer incense to the pantheon of gods. The Christians always promised to pray for their nation's leader, but authentic Christianity has never placed the interests of the state above religious duties. In the United States, we are blessed that the state from the beginning has protected the free exercise of religion. And it is fitting that we assemble this weekend, gathering together to practice our faith. The founding fathers knew that the exercise of religion would be essential to the identity of this country. But we must continue to exercise this right. There are interests in this country which 
seek our conforming to the principles of the world even when those principles contradict the tenets of our faith. Just as we did not acknowledge the Roman emperor as a god, neither will we acknowledge any authority which seeks to coerce us to act against our beliefs. For we must obey God rather than men. As we approach this altar, we pray for the grace to follow Jesus more perfectly, to steward our possessions well, and to live our mission of evangelization. And may God bless America.